Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It's good to be home. I sat in traffic up the wazoo. Van Wick, BQE, that's when you know you're back. New York, New York. With yours truly, JJ Chowdhury-Stremski. It's good to be back in the Big Apple. It's good to be back in the big city. It's obviously a good thing when you come back in the middle of February after being in Arizona, after being in Manhattan Beach, and the weather is basically just as good, if not better, which is just insane to think about. So good to be back, ready to hit the ground running. Um, before we get to something that really struck a nerve with me and I was annoyed about it, ruined my breakfast yesterday, we'll get to it in Montez. I want to start the show paying tribute to one of the best to ever do it from an analyst perspective. And Tim McCarver's a guy I grew up with. I think he's a guy that many of you within the audience grew up with. Whether he was doing local games for the Mets whether he was doing local games for the New York Yankees like he did with Bobby Mercer in the late 1990s. Tim McCarver was as good as it gets. Period, end of discussion. When you talk about teaching the game, analyzing what you see, and reacting to what you see. There is a reason why, folks, when you're in broadcasting and the network's Continue to change rights. CBS may have the rights. ABC may have the rights. Uh, NBC, CBS, Fox, whatever. Tim McCarver was one of those guys, much like Madden, who had a similar type of trajectory in the way he bounced around networks and continued to be the face of their coverage of a particular sport. You can say the same with Tim McCarver. Listen, for me, child of the 90s, growing up with those dynasty Yankees, you knew it was a big game when Tim McCarver was on the call. 
You just knew. And I saw this stuff today on Twitter. And this is where social media can be a beautiful, beautiful thing. You go and watch Game 7 of the 2001 World Series. Right before the Luis Gonzalez at bat. McCarver is basically dissecting the danger of playing the infield in with the great Mariano Rivera on the mound. Or in 1996, you vividly remember the call when Jim Lairitz is up at the plate against Mark Wallers. You don't want to get beat with your second or your third best pitch. You want to get beat with your best pitch. Wallers hangs the slider. Lairitz pounds the three-run homer. And McCarver is all over it. Listen, that was his MO as a broadcaster. I don't remember McCarver a ton doing the Mets. Little bit in the early stages of my youth. I do remember McCarver doing the World Series every single year on Fox. And you think about that broadcast crew. Fox getting baseball. Did it have any credibility? Joe Buck, he's Jack Buck's kid. He's doing the games for the first time. The World Series for the first time. He's like 27 years old. McCarver being in that booth was no doubt game credibility. Tim had a great broadcasting career. He's a pretty darn good player in his own right. I know this is before most of the New York, New York audience, including myself. The idea that he's the personal catcher for Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton, that's pretty damn cool. So I, I saw that today when I landed. Very, very sad news losing the great Tim McCarver. So I wanted to start the show in that regard. Now, to the New York Yankees, who are getting ready for the start of the season. Listen, I am not one of these lunatics that's going to be pumping my fist hooting and hollering about the idea of pitchers and catchers starting. Who the hell cares? I mean, I'm not even going to get in a World Baseball Classic, for goodness sakes. I I couldn't care less about pitchers and catchers starting. But what I do care about is an injury that's going to have ramifications on the year for the team that I root for. And this Frankie Montaz injury, it's not what you want, to quote the former Yankee manager, Joe Girardi, because the Yankees last year in July needed a starting pitcher. They did not want to meet the demand of trading away Volpe or Dominguez or Peraza or two of the three for Louis Castillo. They end up going with Montez and they get rid of a bunch of the depth type of pieces they had in their minor league system. Kenny Waldachuk, J.P. Sears, etc. But Yankees needed a starter. Yankees wanted somebody with good numbers against the Astros. They needed an arm, blah, blah, blah. And they make the trade for Montez. Well, Montez was awful last year. Gets hurt last year. Comes into one game in the postseason in the ALCS and he's giving up bombs. Oh, full year, he's going to be all right. But then you hear about the shoulder. Well, now it's to the point with the shoulder where not only is he going to miss opening day, Frankie Montez is going to be lucky to pitch a game for the New York Yankees in the 2023 season. Think about that for a minute. Lucky to pitch a game. This could go down as an absolute flop for Brian Cashman. Absolute flop. And that is why the Yankees upped the ante and paid big bucks, I believe, for Carlos Rodon. And... I think it puts a lot more pressure on Rodon first year in Yankee pinstripes to go and be the guy. You know what Nesta's going to give you? I'm not worried about his injury. Severino, his stuff is there. Is his durability going to be called into question? Yeah, you have to assume so. As much as I love Seve, the guy misses time year after year after year after year. 
So to take a major hit within your rotation before you hit the month of March sucks. It's not the end of the world from a Yankee perspective. Montez was not going to necessarily make or break this team, but you can never have enough pitching. That is now a guy that you take away. I guess you're slotting Domingo Herman in the fifth spot, I would assume. But you also know you're going to deal with a ton of injuries over the course of the year. That's an absolute given. The bigger takeaway for me is that yet again, the Yankees whiff on a pitcher in the trade market. Yet again. Put Montez on the list with Jeff Weaver. I know Pavano was a free agent signing, but you get my drift. Javier Vasquez, on and on and on we go. Not even going to read you the laundry list of names the Yankees traded for because we know the case. More often than not, they have not worked out. I think it is now fair to say Frankie Montez did not work out from a Yankee perspective. So you'll love getting that news right out of the gate. Thankfully, in Metland, there's nothing really terrible to report. Uh, aside from Buck Showalter having some fun, Francisco Indoor talking about the monkey being on the Mets' back. Like It's a whole lot of spring training nonsense in, in Metland, at least for now. We'll, we'll see how the next couple of weeks uh, you know, play out in March and make sure everybody's in one piece after that WBC, and then you take it from there. One thing, before we get to calls, and we have a loaded show across the board. Loaded, loaded show, including the great Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Um, another nice whole hum win for the Knicks. Josh Hart is going to be a really nice pickup. The guy just gives off vibes of instant energy. Brings so many winning intangibles to the team. The Knicks go into the All-Star break with a flurry. They smoked the Hawks last night. Brunson is incredible yet again. And now, I think from a Nick perspective, I'm getting greedy. I know we've talked about the race for six, the quest for six. I want to get in that four or five. Because I think if you get into that four or five, assuming the top three are going to be Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. And I think they will end up being the top three. I wouldn't mind seeing the Knicks take their chances with a team like Cleveland. I wouldn't. The Nets had a nice performance yesterday. Brooklyn Bridges. I like that nickname. It's a good player. You can say this about what the Nets got in return for Durant. They got quality NBA pieces back. Not the sort of pieces that you want leading a team, but as far as complimentary guys, Bridges, tremendous complimentary player. Yeah, I had a Nets fan chirping at me on Twitter saying he's the best overall player in New York. I was like, uh, let's calm down with that. Uh, a guy by the name of Jalen Brunson would have something to say about that. But uh, Bridges is a player. That was a good win for them last night. Very, very good win for them last night. So, going to the All-Star break, both teams are going to be in the playoffs. I expect the Knicks to have a better record than the Nets when it's all said. I know they're going to play hard, Brooklyn. I know Jock Vaughn's got them with a spirit and a competitive edge that you like to see. The Knicks should be in that top five. And if they are, and the fourth seed is Cleveland, wouldn't that be a lot of fun? Donovan Mitchell, the guy you could have traded for, Going up against Jalen Brunson and Randall and Hart and Barrett in a best of seven. Be a lot of fun around here come late April, early May. Got to figure out when the NBA playoffs are going to be. Because like the schedule is all out of whack ever since the COVID stuff. I, I think it's back to normal like it was last year. I think it's back to normal. Yeah, we're rolling with that. So middle, late April. Juicy. Very, very juicy. And how about our guy Tiger Woods today at the Genesis? It's amazing. I used to hate Tiger Woods as a kid growing up. And it's because I was a Phil guy. I'm a lefty. 
Phil was my dude. I always rooted for Phil. So I kind of felt like you were either a Tiger guy or a Phil guy. I was always a Phil guy. I wanted to be different. What else is new? But ever since Tiger went through what he went through, now I'm all in. Anytime I see Tiger Woods in a golf tournament, I'm hooting and hollering. I'm rooting like crazy for him. So I, I maybe should have stayed in L.A. an extra day or two and saw him at the Riviera, put on a nice little show. And we have Max Homan to win that tournament. So I hope Tiger plays well, but I need my guy Max to come through and end up winning it for me. So he's the hometown boy. You should know that course inside and out. I'll be uh, literally this weekend with the NBA All-Star. The golf is my number one priority. I will be, here's my priority for the weekend. Duke, Syracuse at six, the golf at Riviera. That's what I can't wait to see. All right, let's do some voicemails. I promise we do some. Uh, and then we'll get to the laundry list of guests. And you're going to enjoy the guests today. I mean, they are top shelf, creme de la creme across the board. Uh, voicemail number is 917-382-1151. We'll take calls next. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, so right after voicemails, listen to these three guests. Christopher Mad Dog Russo, Austin Eckler, who carried a whole lot of fantasy teams this year, and Brandon Marshall. All three of those bad boys coming up on this Thursday, Friday, New York, New York. That's what's up. All right, first, let's do some voicemails. Steph, let's go. Good, JJ. This is Chris from New Jersey on Spotify Live. Decided to call in because I didn't think that this topic would be uh, enough significance to bring up to the Spotify. So I wanted to ask you, you know, Frankie Montas got uh, dropped in the, or is now injured and probably going to be out for the remainder of the season. You know, shocker, what do you know? And with the Yankees now needing that you know, fifth pitcher, I want your opinion on them going after possibly Trevor Bauer. I know that uh, he obviously comes with a lot of cargo, both on and off the field, both on and out of the media room. But to be honest, you wouldn't have to pay for a cent of his contract. That's going to be completely covered by the Dodgers. Um, worst case scenario is... You know, he's just not good. Best case scenario is you solidify what is already might be the best pitching rotation in baseball to an upper echelon to where, you know, the Astros have been making World Series multiple times. So I think that if you could get him, you know, you'd really be solidifying your pitching rotation as being uh, reliable, almost one through five. So any thoughts on that, JJ? Take care. Love the podcast. See ya. Absolutely not. Appreciate the con words, but absolutely not. First of all, the baggage of Trevor Bauer is not worth it. Number two, he's incredibly overrated as a pitcher. His best year was that 2020 Fugazi, uh COVID season. Aside from that, there's a guy who's pitched to a high 3-4 ERA. You combine that with the baggage that he has, and you got to throw in the fact that he and Garrett Cole absolutely detest one another from their time at UCLA. No, 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 and no. Trevor Bauer will not be a New York Yankee. Take that to the bank. All right, who's next? JJ Justin in Miami. Look, NBA All-Star break, 
great first half of the Knicks. This has exceeded my expectations, and this team is significantly better than they were two years ago. Jalen Brunson has surpassed all my expectations. Randall's playing like he did two years, and the role players are much better. You look at guys like Quickly, like Hart, Robinson, that's a way stronger supporting cast. Now, what's the ceiling? I mean, maybe second round if they can sneak into the five feet. But I'll tell you what, I could see Josh Hart and Quickly getting a lot more of those minutes that R.J. Barrett's been getting because that really fits next to Brunson. When you look at the way he defends, he brings shooting. I know he hasn't shot the ball this year. And he's not a ball-dominant player. And when you have Hart, it's really a good plan. I think that's a great trade. And let me just say a quick word on the next year. I, I know the Nets are kind of trying to pivot now to saying, oh, look, we're back. We're back. We're playing where he got the no-star look again. We're bringing back the culture from 2017. Guys, the high is already out of the barn. You can't go back to that. Everyone knows your culture's fake. Everyone knows you sold it down the river. First chance you had for Durant and Kyrie. And by the way, I'm not saying I was wrong. A lot of teams have done that. But you can't go back now and start stressing the culture is what matters. And we're going to be this young, fun team because there's two problems. One, we already did that. And second, the Knicks are way better now than they were in 2017, 2018. You know, back then, the, the Knicks were a 17, 20-win team. So you were the only game in town. Guess what? A scrappy Nets team versus a scrappy Knicks team is not going to work out well for you in terms of financials. Talk to you later. Well, you're 1,000% right about that. And look, Brooklyn pivoted the best way they possibly could. But their fan base now has to understand, you put all your eggs in the Durant Irving basket, it blows up in your face. It is tough to play the gritty, gutty uh, type of card from a Nets perspective. Whereas the Knicks, listen, the Knicks are going to have the best player in town. The best player in town is Jalen Brunson. Like a little spoiler alert, when we do our New York top 15 in August, right before the start of the football season, there are two certainties. One, you'll actually have a New York football player or two or three find a way on the list. Something you couldn't say last year. Hallelujah for that. Number two, Jalen Brunson is going to be the number one basketball player I put on the list. That's how terrific he has been. You know, I'm doing this event tomorrow night uh, in Hackensack, New Jersey with the great Beningo. Beningo, of course, checks in. He calls me all the time. Uh, we're shooting the shit. And we're talking about Brunson. And he goes to me, he goes, Jay, he's the best point guard we've had since Derek Harper. He goes, he might be the best point guard we've had since Clyde. I'm like, geez, you think about it that way. If Brunson plays here for a long period of time, sure. In my lifetime, I mean, who, who is the best Nick point guard I've seen? Because remember, I'm too young to see Jackson. Like, I remember Mark Jackson as an Indiana Pacer, not or on his second stint with the Knicks when he was a zillion years old and never should have traded for him and ended up losing to the Toronto Raptors in the first round. Like, that is my recollection of Mark Jackson as a Nick. Like, I remember Jackson moving against him. I couldn't stand him. He was on those Pacer teams. I hated, I hated the Davis boys. I hated, hated Reggie Miller. Hated Sam Perkins, uh, Travis Best, Jalen Rose. I hated those guys. So that's where I identify more Jackson. For me, I'm like, geez, best point guard Knicks fan in my lifetime is Derek freaking Harper. Because I don't even put more. Marbury to me was all empty statistics. But again, that's that's a debate and a conversation for a different day. And the documentary, by the way, was very good. I was into it. I really enjoyed that Starberry documentary. And I was never a Marbury guy. Never. Anyway, who's next? Hey, JJ. How's it going? Nate. 
from Jersey, but I'm coming to you live from Syracuse, New York right now. Uh, we got a big game this weekend. Orange got a big win last night against NC State. They got Duke at home upcoming on Saturday night. So I got two questions for you related to that. One, who's your least favorite Duke basketball player of all time? And number two, who's your favorite random Syracuse basketball player or random Syracuse moment that some people might have forgotten about? Appreciate that, Nate. Um, now, remember with Duke, they're not a real Syracuse rival. Because when I went to school, it was the Big East. It was Georgetown. It was UConn. It was Villanova, et cetera. And, and I would say since Syracuse has gone to the ACC, the team that I've rooted against the most is Virginia. Like Syracuse has played them in the NCAA tournament. They've also played Duke uh, in the NCAA. They actually played Duke, UNC, and Virginia in the NCAA tournament. Which is pretty crazy to say. 16, they played UNC and they played Virginia. 2018, when after they beat Michigan State, they played uh, they played Duke. I think that was the Bagley Duke team. I'm pretty sure it was. The Bagley team. Barely beat Syracuse, and then Duke ended up losing to Kansas in the Elite Eight. My least favorite Duke player is the musical, Grayson Allen. I couldn't stand him. He was like, just wanted to punch him in the face. Uh, in all seriousness. Grayson Allen was a guy I could not stand him to. So that's an easy one for me. Greg Paulus would be an honorable mention, but he wasn't any good. Grayson Allen was good. I couldn't stand him. Uh, and as far as my favorite random Syracuse player, that's a good question. James Sutherland. I don't want to give you one of the stars. That's no fun. I would say... I'll give you three because I really can't pick one. James Sutherland, I always was big Andy Routon's guy. And he kind of worked his way from a role player to a star. So I'm going to take some credit for that. And then the other one, you want a random one, Marek Dolezal. I mean, I miss him at Syracuse. Those handles, the skinny guy getting thrown all over the place. I miss Dolezal. So Syracuse had a very disappointing year. They beat Duke on Saturday. They're going to give me a march. At the very least, they're going to give me meaningful basketball going to the ACC tournament. So, I know that's uh, it's a big bragging rights game for me and Stefan. Stefan's a big Duke guy. Uh, not on Saturday. Hopefully. Hopefully, the Orange have a moment. All right, let's take two more. Hey, John. It's Constantine in LIC. Uh, just assessing where the Knicks are right now. Um, I see that they're two games behind Brooklyn for the number five seed in the East. Another four and a half games behind Cleveland, assuming that Brooklyn, you know, declines after their uh, fire sale. Uh, definitely viable for a fifth seed and possibly they could challenge Cleveland, uh, for the fourth seed if they continue their momentum into uh, the second half. My question to you is I, I just saw that Kevin Love and Cleveland could be negotiating a buyout. What do you think of that addition of uh, a veteran big man, three point shooter? Uh, someone who can add more. I mean, I think the Knicks are stable right now, but in terms of adding more stability uh, to this team, that does have a lot of young up-and-coming guys. Let me know your thoughts. Appreciate you and all that you do. Take care, man. Well, I appreciate that, Constantine. Um, I think that is now the goal for the Knicks, to try to find themselves in that top five, get a realistic chance of winning in the first round of the playoffs. I think going... 
and winning a playoff series would be an enormous deal for this franchise. It's something they have not done in 10 years. So it would be one hell of a step in the right direction, if you ask me. Um, as far as Kevin Love, no pun intended, I don't love the fit. Not a guy who's got a whole lot of great basketball left. I see him out in L.A., to be honest with you. Like, to me, Love gets bought out. Can you see him with the Clippers? Can you see him reunite with his buddy LeBron James? Like, I don't see him with the Knicks. They're going to get Robinson back. They like Hortenstein. Like, you bring a Love, you're taking away minutes from a guy like Hortenstein. Do I want to do that for Kevin Love? Not particularly. Not this version of Kevin Love, at least. All right, let's take one more. Hey, JJ, Michael in Arizona. Hope you enjoyed your time here for the Super Bowl. Um, just calling about this Monza thing, man. It really hasn't been deflated. Um, you know, we're two days into spring training when we should be hearing about people in the best shape of their lives and all those cliches. And we're talking about people needing surgery and being out the rest of the season. Like, I don't know what, what these people in that organization are thinking. Like, how did they not see this? You know, I, I didn't think Brian Cashman could outdo himself on bad trades with Oakland and Sonny Gray, but not only did he outdo himself, he did it with flying colors. Um, just just feels really deflating, and I don't really know what to say because I should be excited. You know, the start of baseball season, and we're already talking about injuries. I mean, I'm two months away from turning 37, JJ. This guy has been in office as GM since I was 12 years old in 1998, growing up in middle school across the bridge from you in Bayonne. Like, at what point does Hal or somebody in the front office put their foot down and go, enough, 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 you're done, enough. I just, uh, I don't know what to say, man. I'm really just bummed. Um, thanks for my call, buddy. I understand why you're bummed. It's a bad trade. It's not going to end well. The Yankees gave up a couple of pieces that maybe could have helped them midway through this year. Maybe could have helped them in another trade, for all we know, for someone who made absolutely zero contribution to the team, who was a total stiff last year and now gets hurt this year. It's going to go down as an all-time bad one for Brian Cashman. It would help if the guy he signed that we all praised him for, and Carlos Rodon bails him out and goes and pitches like that ace alongside Garrett Cole. Did you think Montez, after what you saw last year, was going to be a number one or a number two? I know I didn't. And maybe that's unfair, and maybe I just kind of abandoned ship too quickly. I got to the point where I watched him last year, and I'm like, all right, even if this guy comes back and pitches, he's going to be a middle-of-the-road starting pitch for the Yankees. I do not have that feeling. I do not have that thought towards Rodon, where I think the stuff is electric and I think he's an ascending pitcher and it's about staying on the mound. I think that's the biggest key for him. One through four, the Yankees are loaded in the rotation. Just got to keep those guys on the mound. That's going to be a major, major question. And it seems to be year after year. Cole's durable. Severino's not. You hope Nestor can do it again. He's done it now for a year and a half, so I say, why the hell not? And then you add Rodon into that mix. And for the Mets, listen, it's about the age. Verlander and his age making 30-plus starts. Scherzer and what he's going to look like at the end of the year. Not the beginning of the year. At the end of the year. Where he's worn down each of the last two years. Mets can't have that. All right. This was fun. You guys were very spirited with your calls. I enjoyed them. Coming up. Three very fun spots. We start with Mad Dog Russo who is 
kind of finding a new lease on life. I mean, it's tough when you're a broadcasting legend to have a new lease on life. It's like, how is that possible? Well, the first take with Stephen A. stuff has done exactly that. So we'll have Doggy, we'll have Austin Eckler, who I think carried a lot of your fantasy teams this year, and Brandon Marshall, who always has some interesting things to say. Those three are coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The legend is here. I can't believe I have him. TV superstar, media mogul. No, I'm giving you it all. Christopher Russo. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. Let's take it easy. I no, am no, not no, that no. good. No, 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 no. Are you enjoying this TV renaissance? Oh, absolutely. I love that. Because like I mean, now, like younger people, like for me, to know me. Yeah, they're, no. like, they're like, yeah, he's this crazy guy. I'm like, I grew up listening to this guy. I it's know. awesome. They have gotten to know me. I saw I'm appealing to a different audience, which I hadn't had in the past. Even at Sony Video Game, the MLB thing, people listening to that and watching me play that, I had Jamal Williams say something about it, young kids who buy the video game, and I'm in the video game, so they've been talking about that too. Yeah, I, I never thought that this would be, I knew I, I knew I could do well with it, but I never thought that I would have the impact with the one day a week with Stephen N. So that's been a big plus point. Is it different for you? Like, I'm a guy that does podcast, radio, obviously, and you do TV. Do you feel like you're rushed at all? Because, you know, you do your monologue, you got 10, 15, 20 minutes. Right. You make these shorter points. Was that a challenge or no? No. I mean, you're talking sound bites more so than expound. Uh, and, you know, you got two or three other guys there on set with you, so you want to make sure they get a chance to talk too. No, I, I, that's not an adjustment. You know, I mean, I can talk in that 15 second and give you an answer there, or I can do five, six minutes. God given that my way, my mind clicks. Um, and, you know, one thing about Stephen A, it does give you a chance to do what you want to do. I like so, that. So, you know, like when I do that segment called What Are You Mad About? I mean, it's just me. So I got seven, eight minutes to do anything I want, three or four different topics. So uh, I really have not had any adjustment getting used to the um, uh, to, to the medium and the camera. Got to be a little more careful what you say. You make an error there. The oh, scene, your career careful. is over. Well, that's anywhere, though. So you have to, but not as much on the radio. You can get Why, around it. Why, because of Twitter, the viral clip, that's correct. the whole deal? Everybody's watching. Okay. If they see you say it, then it's out there. So you have to be a little more careful. You can sort of, if you make a mistake on the radio, you might not, people pick up on it. doesn't go viral. You do it on TV, you're dead. So you have to keep that in mind. And so far, for the most part, I've been able to stay out of trouble. That's the one thing I concern myself with. I kind of edit myself as we go along here. 
right, Stephen A loves you. Yeah, he does. I can exactly. tell. He gets a kick out of you. Compare to me the difference. Working with him, he's a lunatic, and my buddy Mike, who, as you know, is a lunatic in different ways. Yeah, different kind of scenario. Uh, you know, Mike a little more cerebral maybe, uh, you know, a, a little bit more in-depth on the sports. Uh, Steve is a tremendous presenter. Uh, he's an unbelievably good communicator, and he's an entertainer. Mike uses sports for his entertainment aspect. And as far as CBA is concerned, a lot of times the sports is a prop. So it's a little different uh, about how they go about doing things. And Steve has got an incredible gift of the gab. And he knows how to come up with an angle. Uh, even though he may not necessarily believe it, he knows how to come up with an angle that he can sell. Uh, you know, Mike really never says anything he doesn't believe. Even if Steve doesn't believe it, he can sell it. So it's it's a little different, and again, you got to talk or talk in smaller sound bites based on the fact you don't get as much time, because on TV he's got to spread it around. Mike can talk for fifteen minutes on the radio; it doesn't make any difference. You don't get fifteen minutes on TV, so you got to be a little bit more concise. He's excellent at looking at the camera, and he's very confident. Both are very confident what they're doing, and confidence everybody can hear and sense confidence, and that goes a long way too. And Stevie is a very confident performer. Which Got is a important. kick out of the three. Were you bummed, though, about the Brady thing? Did that, yeah, that change, hurt, change that, things for yeah, you guys, it definitely right? Did. Not it a definitely doubt. did. He had overwhelmed it. You know, ESPN's going to, they love the football in the NBA, so they're going to go crazy with the Brady thing. It happened at 8 o'clock in the morning. We obviously had already had a, a show formatted properly for a little more Mike and the Mad Dog. Once Brady happens at 8, Instagram, you're on a 10, you got to spend a lot of time on Brady. So, Paulie was good because it gave us something to talk about, break down the quarterbacks, Montana, Brady, but it took away a little from the Mike and the Mad Dog thing. So, and you also had to do it twice. You had to do it at 10, and then you had to do it again at 11. A little extra work you, for the big guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. A little yeah. extra work. You sound like me. Uh, you got to do that. I'm going to listen. I know. You're a big fan. I know. I, you realize that, though? I know you, you probably hear this shit all the time. We listen to you. I used to call how, you Erickson. And how old are you now? 34. Yeah, geez. 34. So I you, was calling your last couple of years. What year were you born? 88. So and I went to your book night, signing on Staten Island. Did you really? The second uh, one in 2006. Uh, I did 2003 and 2006. Yeah, so I'm perfect for you. When you're 13, 14 years of age, this is 2003, These 2006. Are my glory years, man. Huge Hated when you would kill the Yankee lost. I uh, had to avoid you. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. had to avoid you. Yeah. I'd be like, enough. Enough. I, I when the Angels would beat him. Oh, in 02, oh, that was wonderful. Sick. And then they beat him again in 05. They beat him twice. So that was fun. Yeah, I used See, to like love that. See, like your Saturday show, too. Well, it was fun. So I ran cross country. So going to the meets, what would I do? I don't want to talk to anybody. I talked to him the, enough. You put the radio put the on. Put the earbuds in. And run, run away you go. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, you know, and I could always tweak the Yankee fan. Don't have the same opportunity to do it here on Sirius because you don't got the one local team that you did on the radio. But you in have New the York. Yankee fan called. Syosset, oh, Anthony and Syosset, oh, by big the way. Fan. Yes, he's he a good fan. Too. Yeah, he's a good fan. He's a buddy of yours. Oh, so he calls a lot too. Huh? Oh, he likes you. Wow. And you've done a great job. You left FAN and you found your well, new Well, you know Rick what, though? You, Sean, and many others are inspiration for that. Because listen, it's a great brand. It was a great opportunity. But the business, you know this, dog. It's drastically different than what it was oh, 10, it sure 15 is. years ago. So a lot of different ways to get your information. 100%. Yankees, Mets, we buy and stock more in 2023. That's I like putting good, you on the stock. That's here. a good question. I like this. I like this. I think the Yankees, I like their pitching better. The Mets have some unknowns. Plus They're the, old. 
Scherzer and Verlander. I mean, Scherzer the last two years. Can't stay healthy. And he can't pitch well in the postseason. Yeah, I'd be a little worried about the Mets' age. That's an excellent point. They're going to have to have the kid from Japan be very, very good. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see on that. And the Mets last year, they had a charm life. That won't happen again this year. And the Yankees, you know, fizzled late in the year. But they bring the reliever in. Uh, They bring Rondon in. The Yankees will be, I like the Yankee rotation. Mets have a big edge in the dugout, though. Fucking Boone. That's a big edge. In a big game. In a big game. Boone scares me. In a big game. Final one. Jets, Giants. You're an investor. You're a smart guy. I would invest in the Jets more. Because I think because you think they'll straighten quarterback out. I think they're going to get the quarterback out. And they got a good defense. A little younger. Wilson, Brees Hall. So I think as a result, the Jets, now they got to get a quarterback. AFC tricky, though. That's harder. It is way well, trickier. You got Buffalo and Borough, Cincinnati Kansas and Kansas City's City. not going anywhere. Yeah, so you got the three good teams. And plus, you got Herbert sitting there and Jacksonville's getting better. So much, much harder in the AFC. But the Jets have a good defense. And if they get a quarterback, they got a couple of weapons. He's a good, he, Douglas is a good GM. Got to get a quarterback. We'll see if it's Wilson. Uh, I'm sorry. We'll see if it's um, uh, Carr. We'll see. I don't know about Garoppolo. We'll see if they make a run at Rodgers. I think they might. Running uh, Rodgers. Again, you're a now team. Give up the two number ones and get Aaron Rodgers here. I think that could happen. Zach Wilson isn't the answer. Mike White, Mike White, you know, is a, kind of a backup. Maybe they make a run at Rodgers. If they get Rodgers, they can beat anybody because they got the parts to be a very good team. They don't have the – you have to have the quarterback to win three or four games a year. And the Jets don't have the quarterback to win three or four games a year. You need your quarterback – to be able to bail you out. Pull a game out of fire. Three or four times. Down seven, two minutes to go. New England. Bingo. You know, they don't have, you know, when they didn't beat the Patriots twice, they need a quarterback to be able to do that. Dude, you are the best. Salakata, Mark Melissa. All my buddies. You know, I see Sal now every day. TV star. Every day. He's another one. Yes. Yeah. And local Dude, and everything. And the, Giannotti, too. Look at this. This is like the uh, the tree. Uh, all it's your better. guys. The younger tree who grew up with me and Mike, 100%. I'll tell you this. Lakata, this is better Malusis. than the, You know what this is? Better than the Belichick tree. <laughs> you don't want to be on that Belichick oh, tree. Oh, I know. That Belichick tree is a little shaky. And I guess he's getting killed in New England all year for no offensive or defensive coordinators. You might as well and have development. Yeah, right. the plays. And, you know, it is Belichick. It's not like they were going to be that much better because Mac Jones isn't that great to begin with. But a lot. Of, I did Boston Radio this week. A lot of people were going crazy on that because he doesn't have the offensive coordinator. Now he gets Bill O'Brien in. This you're, is the best. You're the by best. the way, this is the best spot I did all week. Uh, not even kidding. Man and dog, coming back. See you soon. Let's welcome in the stud of my fantasy team. The guy, to me, is one of the best running backs in the NFL. Fabulous season with the Chargers. Austin Eckler, what's up, man? Appreciate it, man. Thanks for that intro. But I, I'm, did you end up winning the championship? Unfortunately, I did not. I did not, but it had nothing to do with you. You did your part. Did you make it to the championship? Uh, with the team I had, no. Ah, okay. So okay, you were okay, kind okay. of masking a lot of the deficiencies yeah, 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 on my yeah. team. Yeah. So I'm appreciative of okay, that. Okay, well, I pre- well, let's run it back next year, right? We can maybe, yeah, get readjust and let's make that run, man. That's the idea. Let's All right, talk me through the transition that you've made as a back from a standpoint of you coming into the league, and obviously you're capable of carrying the ball and catching the ball. But you were this guy where it's like, all right, Austin Eckler is a catch machine. Austin mm-hmm. Eckler is going to be the receiving threat. Did you almost take it as a challenge where you're like, hey, I'm going to show everybody I'm a three down back. This is what I can do. It was more so not necessarily for everyone else. It was like more so for myself, like, you know, coming from an undrafted position, really getting established with special teams and then slowly, you know, getting implemented into the offense. More was like, how far can I grow on my role? Like how much of an impact can I really make in, in what ways? Right. And so early on, I was with Philip Rivers. Right. And so for him. 
You know, he's not the most mobile quarterback, so he's dumping all, a lot of, you know, passes down to me. So that's where I got the reputation. Oh, he's a, he's a, you know, a catch, uh, catch passing running back, right? It's just because it's the situation I was in. We had Melvin Gordon that we were handing the ball off to at the time. Um, and then Melvin moved on. I moved into the more starting role. Then it's like, oh, Austin can actually carry the ball a little bit too. So I've just been continuing to progress in the role that's been given to me. Um, and it seems like I'm, I'm still trying to push that bar to see, you know, how far I can really take it and just continue to be the best running back all around that I can. So you've played with two great quarterbacks. Philip Rivers was always one of my favorites because he's fiery, yeah, he's passionate, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah, your yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Justin Herbert, who to me is like California cool, man. Like it feels like nothing phases that guy. Talk me through the difference between Rivers and what he brings to the huddle and Herbert and what he brings to the huddle. So, I mean, with Philip, you know, I was coming into his his career like year 17, you know, so this guy is is a true veteran. He's the charger. Like he is, he's been there longer than the coaches, than all the, you know, the training staff, all these people, right? And the only people that have been there longer is, is the ownership. Um, and so this guy's running practice. This guy, you know, runs the huddle. He knows the offense like the back of his hand. He knows the, the entire defense based off of who the coordinator is, even though they were in Miami last year, you know, like he's that into it, knows that much about the sport. And so being around him, it just helped my, it helped me as a younger player because he just knew so much. He'd get me in the right spot. If I was wrong, he'd be like, over here, hey, you were blocking these guys. Like, he was always on it, right? And he knew he wasn't mobile as well, so he had to protect himself. So he was he was very particular about, hey, where people need to be, how fast they need to be, the tempo. Um, and being around that, it just takes experience to actually get up to that level, right? And Justin coming in, you know, being a younger player, going into his fourth year now, right? He's, he's been getting that experience, but it's taking time, right? It takes time to actually get around that many people and all that stuff. And so, really, it's just the maturity of, of the knowledge base that I think it is, but Justin's got all the physical attributes that you can want, you know, the height, right, the vision, time, ball speed, all that can move, so very proud to be uh, playing with that guy for the so next few years. So you guys really came on second half of the year. You yeah. guys were in a lot of games at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But then you started finishing games and you find right. your way to the playoffs. Was there a turning point for you guys? Yeah, there no, 100% was. It, you know, we had Corey Lindsley, our starting center out. Um, Mike Williams was banged up. A Keenan lot of Allen injuries, was up. Man. Like, yeah, at one point, our, all three of our uh, first three starting receivers were out. That's, that's why I caught 107 balls. Because yeah. it's like, well, here you go, Austin. You, you do something with it. I didn't hate that, by the <laughs> yeah, way, on the fantasy <laughs> Yeah, fantasy didn't That's love saying. it. You know, I, it's a weird thing because it's like, I didn't really like it because I want to see, you know, Justin throwing it down the field. And if it's not there, then checking it down. Um, but, you know, like you said, we, we made it happen, right? We got to ourselves to a position where we were in the playoffs. And so, really, we started getting those guys back. And then that's where that run started. But I think it ended up hurting our consistency level just because we didn't have those guys throughout the entire so, year. So, I know you don't want to hear about this. What's that? Playoff game against Jacksonville. You're smoking them. You guys are up 27 yeah. to nothing. Yeah. Heck, what happened? Man, you know exactly what you were saying, man. We were, we're like, we're we're smacking these boys. Game like, was over. Like this, yeah. Let's go. Let's put in the bag. My fiance like, wanted <laughs> to shut the game off. She wanted to watch TV. I said, you I never know. know. It's the I, NFL. I and know. I'm looking at her. I'm like, this is why you don't. Yeah. And so look, we go into the halftime. They scored right before the half. Seven, it was like seven to twenty-seven. Like we're we're coming in the halftime. We're like, hey, let's get fired up. Like zero-zero offense is coming out. Let's go out and score. Like we have all this energy. Like we're going going out. Like just keep it rolling, right? Um, and then. For whatever reason, right, had a few three. Like our first play of half was a four guard loss, right, and it just it was just like that was like the first domino, and then it was just bad play, negative play, three and out, right, and it just the dominoes kept falling, and then they kept making big plays on offense, right, and you just felt this shift as far as like who had the momentum as far as the game and the efficiency, and then we just weren't able to slow them down, um, and for whatever reason, you know, the entire entire second half we only had three points, and. You know, it's tough to tough to win against a team that has their back against the wall and everything's for it. When when you you had the lead, now their momentum's coming down to the back uh, back end of the game, and so 
it was just, uh, yeah, something that I hope I'm never, ever a part of again. I totally understand that. You guys are close, though. There's no doubt about it. Listen, the AFC is loaded. Kansas City, they're in the Super Bowl. They're not going anywhere. You know that. Cincinnati's really good. Buffalo's really good. Miami, who you beat. That's my team. They're really good. But I look at your team. All firepower on offense. You got dudes on defense. You guys thinking you're right there as far as like that next step? So there, there's a combination of football that, that makes you successful, right? You need the talent, you need the coaching, and then you need that to come together, right? You got to have it. So right now, I think we're searching for what can help us be consistent, right? And so we just brought in, obviously, Kellen Moore. We're going to try, try Kellen, see if Kellen can help us be consistent, a little bit more consistent on offense. And then, you know, you're, you're at some risk and some like, you know, random factor to the injuries, right? You know, you, hopefully you can play with your most of your guys the entire season and not have to deal with that again. Uh, so that definitely had a factor as well but yeah we have the talent to make a run all right i'm a miami dolphins fan mm -hmm. that play at the end of the first half do you remember that uh, was that the dumbest defensive play? Uh, i'm watching it and i'm yeah. like what i'm like are they are they kidding me right now like wait. That, that's just gonna make me go great wait wait, wait 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 you know what i'm talking Clar about clarify clarify because i maybe i don't maybe I'm it thinking was something. like that's when they had all their guys backed up at the end zone I think you took a screen pass. Oh, someone, yes, yes, I'm yes, like, yes, 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 yeah, yeah. I took a screen pass to like the one yard line and yeah. we went for it. Yeah, yeah, and we ended up getting it. Yeah. This is what's going to make me go great watching NFL football. Yeah, games. exactly. You understand? You know, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's no secret when you're playing the Chargers, you know, who you should you cover in the red zone. Well, yeah. probably the guy that scored 40 touchdowns in the past, you know, two years, you know. You know, so you probably should uh, guard that guy. And so, I mean, if I could see that from my couch, <laughs> there's a problem if a defensive coordinator cannot you see know, that, by like, the way. Hey, guard number 30, you know, you could try anyway. All right, talk me through what you got going with your experience. Yeah, man. So, you know, all this fan engagement, all the fantasy stuff really, like, really has put me in a spot where a lot of people have some type of awareness of me and are like, hey, like, awesome. Like, he's doing a lot of things outside of, outside of football. And one of those is is my app that I created to basically engage with those types of people that are looking to like have a little bit more of an intimate or some type of experience with me. Hence the name experience um, spelled E-K-S-P-E-R, right? It's based off my last name. And so I made a platform where basically I can offer and any other like influential person go on there and offer a menu of engagements. Um, like if you want to get your jersey signed, now you can go on there and get your jersey signed. We have a way to do that. If you want to get, you know, a personalized video, if you want to do a video chat, if you want to, you know, have me shout out your fantasy football team. Right or talk trash your fantasy football opponent, things like that. Yeah, that I need there. that in my life. Yeah, so if you yeah, if you needed that, yeah, you could get on there and grab it. And so there's there's six different offerings right now, um, and we're on the App Store and uh, iOS and Android and on Experience.net is where you can go and check out our different profiles and see all of the different things that our our, our talent are offering. Listen, you're a stud. You're yeah. a ton of fun to watch, man. Appreciate Continued it, man. success. I appreciate and, uh, it. I'm looking forward let's, to let's a Dolphin back. Charger battle, yeah, maybe, in the yeah, playoffs, yeah, man. Yeah. I like the sound of that. There's, there's good potential for that to happen, man. So, say, if not, though, at least get me on your fantasy team again, man. Well, listen, that's a guarantee. I need a high pick, though. <laughs> you do, you do. I need a high pick you or do. I'm in trouble. Right. That's Austin Eckler. Thanks <laughs> awesome. so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. All right, let's welcome in a guy. I knew in his playing days he had media superstar written all over him because you can tell, and I'm a good judge, good gauge of character. I know who's going to be good on TV. Brandon Marshall, inside the NFL. I am an athlete. You got 10 zillion jobs, and you are terrific. How are you, my man? I'm great. I hate that. Everybody think I have a, a million jobs. I got I to gotta be more exclusive. I just want to be I am athlete, house of athlete. That's it, right? And I think I'm getting close, right, because the platform, I, I, I walked away from some linear opportunities and went to YouTube, went to social media, yeah, and it's working. you're a new-age guy, though. That's I know. smart. I know. I know. But I just want to... Am I doing too much? No, nah, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, you got to get your name out you'll there. You'll probably have me doing more. If you were my agent, you'll probably have me doing more. Uh, never never stop working. Never right. stop grinding. Um, You think about your time in New York. 
You play with the Jets. I saw your buddy Fitzpatrick the other night. You come to the Jets, man. That 2015 season, you and Decker, lights out. Fitzpatrick, lights out. You play in New York. Talk me through what it's like going through New York when things are going well Oof. and when things are going poorly. Going well is the best experience in the world. You know, I couldn't pay for my own steak. They wouldn't let me wait in line. You know, I even when I beg people, they're like, no, we love what you do, not only on the field, but what you're doing in the community. But then when you start losing, you got to get to the back of the line. And the noise get a little bit louder. Um, when I actually left the Jets and went to the Giants, funny story, we, it was terrible. We started off like 0-6 or something like that. I got hurt. Then I'm in Soho, and I didn't know what the brand Supreme was. And I just started, well, I actually, I, I heard of it because I saw Odell in the locker room, the guys, you know, talking about it and wearing it. So I'm driving through Soho, and I see this line wrapped around the corner. I'm like, oh, that's the, that's, let me go see the Supreme thing that everybody's talking about. I go, I'm on crutches. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? I just want to peek in with my wife. Let me see. It was like, man, y'all suck. You, you, <laughs> he was like, y'all suck. Y'all, you ain't good. Get in the back of the line. Literally, the bouncer said that to me. I almost took my crutch and hit him in his head. My wife had to pull me back. But that's the difference is when you're winning, it's the greatest experience ever. Can't even explain it. When you're losing, it's like stay in the house. Stay in the house. Because New Yorkers, man, like, it's look, they love hard workers. They love people that do it right. But at the same time, like, they know your, your job is to catch that ball. Your job is to hit that baseball. Your job is to make that shot. And if you don't, they're going to let you know about it. Okay, what would be your advice? An athlete in New York, they're going through a tough time. They're going through struggles. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Compared uh, to another place, because you played a lot of different places. Listen, New York it's, it's is the different. same. It's all, noise it's is the same. same. It's just okay. it could be more amplified. That's all it is, amplification, right? It's just knowing that it's the ebbs and flows of it. That comes with it. You know, you're going to have bad games. You might miss a shot. You might miss a ball or a throw or a tackle. And when the noise gets loud and it gets turned up, you just got to keep waking up and just stick to your process, right? You got to, the best way I can say is the best way, the best piece of advice I can give is this, because I can say a lot around this. Every week you should be talking to somebody, sports psychologist, mental health practitioner, highs and the lows. You got to approach both the same. They're both fucking enemies, right? So if you have this a part of your routine where, you have that advisor, that mental health practitioner, that sports psychologist that's help, that helps you get from hanging from the rafters when you're winning, making those plays. Let's come back down, get your feet planted. Or when your head's hanging low, when you mess up, pick your head up, get your feet planted. You'll always be good. All right. I let you now buy stock in one of the two New York football teams for the next three Jets. years. Jets. Without hesitation. Jets. Even though the Giants went to the second Jets. round this year. Why? Jets. Well, let, 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 let's, let me stop. Depending on what we do at the quarterback position, if we go get Derek Carr or even Jimmy G. I like Jimmy G for the Jets. What about Aaron Rodgers? I'm going with the Giants. If the, you're telling me if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers, you would buy in on yeah, the Giants. Stock, you, like the you think, play in the market, the way I play in the market, I play in the market for long term. So I go invest my money and I'm not looking at it for another 10 years. Long-term right? investment. Go up and go down, Got right? It. So with Aaron Rodgers, I know it's going to be a short-term investment, right? Might be one or two years, you know, and then it's over, right? With a Derek Carr, Jimmy G, six, seven years from now, we're, we're still probably in position. Like this defense, 
We got young wide receivers. You bring those guys in, and they're cheaper, so you can pay, still pay your guys, right? Boom. We're rocking and rolling for the next five to six years. Like, we're competing. We may be running the division. Well, the division's there for the taking. Buffalo took That's a step right. back this year. Buffalo should have got beat by my Dolphins. Let's be honest. If two is playing in that game. They didn't take a step and back. And Mostert's playing in that game. I think next year is the year know. that they could potentially take a step back because. Well, they're going to lose guys. They're going to lose guys. But they also were a team that was the yeah. preseason Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, but, Everybody, all the right, experts, right, they were right, all picking Buffalo right. to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They couldn't even make it a conference championship yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Tough year. I mean, I, I, I thought the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation was going to. Galvanize them? Galvanize yeah, me them too. and push them forward, and I feel like it did the opposite. It was, it was, it Maybe it was too much to overcome. I don't know. My Dolphins, I love their year. They're yeah. fun to watch. The coach is quirky. He's mm. true to himself. Love the coach. They got talent. Two, I love him. I think he can play. I think he's a leader, but the concussions is scary, man. What are you doing if you're running the Miami Dolphins thinking about quarterback moving forward? Well, I mean, look, I'm glad that he didn't play the last couple of games. Um, I give him this offseason to heal. Um, but I'm also working on plan B or maybe plan uh, A if it's available, right? Like, so I am having conversations with Aaron Rodgers. I am having conversations. Damn, Aaron Rodgers may go to Miami. I am having conversations. No state tax. Yeah, I am having conversations with those quarterbacks that are available. And if it's if it fits and it makes sense, I'm, I'll probably I'll probably pull the trigger there. But you know, I, I think if Tua stay healthy, you saw the chemistry. Like, don't break that up. They're, Great working relationship with everyone in the building. Don't break that up. The thing that scares me about Tua is just the, the brain trauma. Of course. Your favorite season in the NFL? 2015 Jets. With the Jets? Yeah, for sure. Greatest season, greatest experience. Love the Jets. Love the organization. You think about your time in Denver. You come on the scene. You send all sorts of records. Cutler's there. You guys have that bond, that connection. And then they go and trade Jay to Chicago. Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Josh McDaniels with the Raiders to me. Is, is this a guy who's just not cut out to be an NFL head coach? I think he's a great coordinator. But certain guys, you got to have that. I think he's a great so what, coach what for the New England a, Patriots. So what makes a great – how do you transform leadership. what the idea starts of with leadership. The It starts with leadership. Okay. X's and O's, all that shit doesn't mean anything. Don't mean nothing. You, the guys aren't going to respect you. Like, you got to understand, like, where we come from, we're the alphas. And we stepping out of the locker room, we're still the alphas. We're making more money than these coaches. And it's not like a disrespectful thing. I'm really speaking to some of these coaches right now so they understand. When you walk in that locker room, just because you got the title head coach doesn't mean that you're just going to automatically get the respect or people are going to follow. You have to earn it. You have to earn it. You understand? And, and, and that's winning, and that's how you treat people. That Those days are over where you can walk in the locker room and to tell a guy, shut the hell up and curse or tell them do this and do that. That's Different world. over. Different, Different. World. Yeah. Because you also got to know who you talking to. There's some dudes that sit on that table. Their fathers are in prison. Their father, they come from the toughest neighborhoods in the world. People in that neighborhood, you never can talk to guys that way. He lucky he, he ain't been slapped up his head, upside his head uh, uh, yet. So to me, Josh McDaniels, and I'm not, Josh McDaniels, um, great coach for the Patriots. But doesn't fit running an NFL Nowhere team. Else. Um, your time in Miami, I was bummed they traded you, by the way. You were a beast. Yeah. You came over. You were the number one receiver. I yeah. felt like that team could have gotten a little bit to the Miami next level. Miami was a one-night stand. That's one what you said, Miami. Yeah, I missed you, though. One-night stand. One-night stand. Brandon Marshall, what are you plugging? Um, I'm going with the Eagles, uh, plus 10. And tell me about how's the athlete real quick. 
Oh, plug in. Yeah, I want to make sure you get that you work in. out. I try to. I run a lot. Ran a half marathon. Listen, everybody now. You got to bulk me up a little bit. Yeah. Though. So in the app store, we launched House of Athlete Plus. Um, super passionate about this. We partner with TB12. They're doing all the medical stuff, all the recovery stuff. Um, it's important for us to stop following trends and fads and invest in, you know, things that actually helps us get results, right? Um, athletes were the healthiest people on the planet. More people should adopt how we train, how we eat, how we sleep, how we recover. And that app creates this, you know, it has this like digital experience for people to come stuff, all the recovery stuff. Um, it's important for us to stop following trends and fads and invest in, you know, things that actually helps us get results, right? Um, athletes were the healthiest people on the planet. More people should adopt how we train, how we eat, how we sleep, how we recover. And that app creates this, you know, it has this like digital experience for people to come in and learn from all the greats and what they do. That's what House of Athlete Plus is. Brandon Marshall, thanks for a few minutes, man. Appreciate you. Wow. That was a mouthful right there. Three really, really fun spots with all three of those dudes. Fun for different reasons, obviously. All right. Before we say goodbye, Jeff Money, Friday, weekend. Let's hear it. Let's go. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. It'll be for tomorrow, Friday the 17th. I got one play for you in college basketball. We're going to go with Brown plus the seven over Princeton. Again, I'm going to go with Brown plus the seven. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I love, by the way, that you are diving into the Ivy League. That takes dedication right there. I will tweet out. We don't have the lines yet, so I can't tweet them out yet. I will tweet out a bunch of college basketball Saturday plays. So if you follow me on Twitter, John underscore Jastrzemski, we will be all over that. I'm going to have a pod tomorrow with the Ringer Gambling guys, Raheem Palmer and uh, our buddy House, and we will dissect All-Star Weekend. Um I'm looking at the odds for the three-point contest. You see Julius Randle's going to be in that. Last year, the long shot was Carl Anthony Towns. He won. Randle, plus 950, if that suits your fancy. Plus 950 for Julius Randle. I kind of like Kevin Herter at plus 550 myself. That's the one I have, Ida. So that's a little spoiler alert for what we have coming tomorrow on the Ring of Gambling Show. Good job by Stefan. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Holiday weekend. It's good to be back. It's good to be dealing with traffic. Uh, I, I miss my food. I miss my people in the neighborhood. So if you see me, give me a holler. Uh, we're back on Sunday. Shorter pot. Going to be a, a very chill week for us next week. No sports going. On. We'll see if that changes. But until then, JJ out. Be good, everybody.